Hello, this is Pastor Kenny, and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about what we are all about, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. Enjoy! Well, again, my name is Pastor Jeff Fuller. I'm the pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church here in Waterbury Center, Vermont. But uh, I guess the location doesn't matter. It's the fact that we're online and we worship God together. And uh, when Pastor Joel Tate of Furnace Brook Wesleyan uh, approached me and contacted me about doing a combined service this first um, Sunday following Christmas before the new year, I thought it'd be a great idea. First of all, I have to do less work. And so that's always uh, nice for me. And I could just kind of uh, target in on the sermon. But uh, what now? Now that 2020 is almost complete, what what do we do now? And uh, I think it's important to figure out who do we trust, who is with us, and how can we move forward. And I'm so excited to uh, be a part of the Wesleyan denomination in this Northeast District. And uh, as I mentioned uh, over and over, Furnace Brook and Living Hope are the only two Wesleyan denominational churches in the state of Vermont. And it's just wonderful that we can work together. But as Christmas just concluded, as we look forward to a new year, what now? Well, Pastor Joel is going to lead us in this uh, sermon series, and I'll come back for points two and four. But uh, we thank you so much for tuning in and sharing this message as we dive in. Okay, God, what now? What now, indeed. Uh, I don't know if, like me, you had been looking forward to Christmas and, and just hoping to get there. But now it's come and it's gone. And as Jody just said in the children's lesson, there's a lot of days between now and the next Christmas to celebrate. And and not everything is awesome. <laughs> there are some problems in our world and in our personal lives. And uh, Christmas didn't take care of all of that. There's still a pandemic. And if you were having financial difficulties before, you certainly still have financial difficulties now, uh, stimulus package notwithstanding. And so the first thing that we're going to talk about that you need to do now, what now, is to acknowledge the darkness. In Psalm 42, Psalm 42 is one of my favorite psalms, and in it, verses 9 through 10, the psalmist says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? So that's a lot of acknowledging of darkness, real darkness, and it deserves some acknowledgement. Uh, in my garage right over there, uh, my garage is made, uh, it was built a long time ago and the floor of it is wood over a little like crawl space or something. And uh, some previous owner, it's a small garage, so you have to be real careful about parking the cars in there. And some previous owner had cleverly, I think, put some car stops on the floor of the garage so that when you're nosing in, uh, once you feel that resistance, your tires are hitting that car stop, you know that you've gone far enough and the garage door can close behind you. But they used wood that matches in appearance and color the wood of the floor and just nailed them into place. And you can imagine how many times walking through that garage, I just didn't see them and stubbed my toe on them or tripped over them. And so one of these days when I think to do it and I've got the time, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to paint it. I'm, I'm going to paint it black. I can't pry them up, not without damaging the floor. And besides, they still serve a purpose as car stops. 
But I think if I paint them black, I'm going to see them. And if I see them, I'm not going to be constantly tripping over them. And this is why the psalmist does this thing too. He acknowledges the darkness. He's painting it so that he'll see it, so that it won't trip him up constantly. And there are important reasons for doing this. If I don't take the darkness seriously, if I don't acknowledge it, if I don't measure it, then it doesn't go away, but it has a control over my imagination that it doesn't deserve to have. It can loom larger than it is. That can also happen if I wallow in it. And so we only want to acknowledge the darkness. We don't want to amplify it. We don't want to make much of it, but it's important and it's biblical to do. The darkness after all is why Jesus came, the light of the world into the world because we were in great need of him and remain so today. And so, you know, I wanna encourage you to acknowledge the darkness. If there are challenges in your life, if you have been underemployed or unemployed, and if there are relationships that have languished and you're, you feel insecure about where you stand with people because you haven't been able to be with them, or if you feel lonely and isolated, if you feel depressed and desperate, you can start just by acknowledging that out loud to God, a God you're convinced cares about you. And let's just start there. So that's the first thing we're gonna suggest that you do is acknowledge the darkness. And now I'm gonna turn things back over to my brother, Jeff, to talk about the next point. And the next point, well, first I have to get the elephant out of the room is this microphone. I really enjoy this microphone. I think it makes me look more professional. But the real reason why I'm using this microphone, tongue in cheek, is I cannot grow a full goatee like Pastor Joel Tate. So it kind of hides the fact that my goatee is pretty, pretty thin. But as we look towards the second point, turn up the light. I just thought what an incredible time that we can reference the light of the world. Uh, we acknowledge the darkness, but we have such a great hope. This is found in uh, John 8, 12. It's a familiar uh, passage. If you can't see it on the screen behind me, you can certainly look it up for yourself. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness, but you will have the light that leads to life. And so we understand that as Christians, as those that grew up going to church, but some may have come to the faith a little bit later, or maybe you're questioning, you don't understand, like, who is this God, this Jesus? I'm kind of confused. If he's the light of the world, why are we going through such a struggle? Well, let's look at uh, John 9. This is John 9, 1 through 5. We find these words. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? And you might be saying, okay, God, this 2020 has been an eventful year. Is that because you're trying to teach me a lesson or is that because somebody else sinned? And I would just pause for a moment in caution, whenever we try to blame what is taking place on someone else's sin, it's reason for great pause, and we must look at our own life. If we want God to illuminate, we turn up the light, we acknowledge the darkness, but we want God to show us what's taking place. Well, let's continue. Verse 3. 
Jesus said it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened, Jesus said, so the power of God could be seen in him. The power of God could be seen, revealed through the blind man being healed by Jesus. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. In verse 5, but while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. This is Jesus reminding us again that as we acknowledge the darkness, as uh, Pastor Joel referenced in the garage, that you paint that which could trip you up. We also can turn on the light, but we turn on the light so we can see where we might stumble, the footholds, what might trip us up. And it's been said before that it doesn't take long before a toehold can become a foothold that becomes a stronghold, and then we are trapped. We are encumbered. It's just as though, uh, or if Joel went into his garage, he didn't turn up the lights. He thought he was familiar with where to go, and he tripped on one of those stops, and he fell. And not that he only fall, and we pray this does not happen. It's just a sake of an analogy, a story, something maybe you can think about. He falls and he gets concussed. Well, then he's immobile. He can't move. But if we as Christians open God's word, we allow ourselves to be illuminated by the Holy Spirit's conviction, then we can remove those things. We can be aware of those pitfalls so we can step around, that we don't have to blame God, but we can be excited and thankful for what God has done to give us that new way. God said, while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. And as Christians, we understand that he is always with us. His spirit is with us. His presence is real and powerful as Jesus died for our sins and ascended to heaven and now sits at the right hand of God as our mediator. So turn up the light on Jesus, even when it makes you nervous or concerned that it's going to reveal something not right, not righteous within you. Pastor Joel, back to you. <laughs> Pastor Jeff, thank you very much. And I want to assure you that what you lack in goatee, you make up for in vivid metaphor. So I'm now, I'm scared to go into my own garage now. <laughs> All right. So. We want you to um, acknowledge the darkness, but we want you then to turn up the light. And now I'm gonna to suggest to you that that's not enough that you need to switch calendars. And here's what I mean by that. We're posing this question of what now? And most of us, I wouldn't say all of us perhaps, but I think most of us can relate to this, that we tend to go through our lives focusing on some future event, getting there, and then immediately thinking about the next thing, either something that we're looking forward to or worse, maybe something that we're dreading. It'd be like if you were in your car and you had a destination and you used GPS to get there. And as soon as you got to your destination, put the car in park, your GPS started to recalculate. And after a few minutes of pausing, resting, collecting your breath, it says, your new destination is two mile, 200 miles from here and then gives you a route to start taking. Uh, that's pretty much how we plunge through our lives, just 
making our way to an event on the horizon that we're looking forward to getting there and then immediately thinking about the next thing. Some of us have been looking forward to Christmas and the holidays. That's going to be an opportunity for us to reset, to enjoy some things, to take a breath. And then now it's gone. And now what do you have to look forward to? Well, some of us are, you know, maybe this winter, everybody's going to get vaccinated. And once things are vaccinated, then things are going to get back to normal. And then I'm going to tell you, those goalposts are going to keep moving and you're going to get there. But when you get there, it's not going to be the solution to all your problems. You're not just going to then be at ease. There's going to be some new thing that you're going to be looking forward to. And, and I'm telling you, you and I need to get new calendars. That way of living doesn't really work. I, my family and I have uh, an online calendar that we use. It's a program. And it's a lifesaver. We need it because there are so many of us and we're all going in different directions. But it's interesting. One of the things that happens is say we have an event on our family's online calendar at one o'clock that's scheduled to be an hour long. At two o'clock, if you look online, it goes faint. The script does. And it gets moved up and priority is given to the next thing that's scheduled. Say it's at three. And that's in bold. And it makes sense. But then the next day, it won't be visible at all. The previous day is just gone from view. You can search through the past, but it takes some searching. And even then it shows up faint. And that's how we live our lives, really. The things that have happened, they're just, they're gone. We're forward facing, moving on to the next thing. And so I think it's important to prioritize some past events. Uh, so Psalm 42, 4, back to that same Psalm from before. In this portion of the Psalm, the Psalmist who's distressed is, He's despondent, his soul is troubled. And in response to that trouble that he's experiencing, he says in verse four, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. This has been one of the most poignant passages of scripture that we've experienced during this pandemic. I've read this a number of times and been moved by it. Yeah, I remember when we used to be able to go to the house of God under the protection of the most high, celebrating, whooping and hollering for joy because of what we were experiencing there. And that's not happening now. And we, we remember this not because uh, we just want to uh, sink into comfortable nostalgia. That's not what we're doing. It's not nostalgia. It's, uh, it's prioritizing the events of the past where God was faithful. We are thinking about God's faithful past actions as the context for the challenges that we're experiencing right now. And then going on to Romans 13, verse 12. And in this passage, Paul says, the night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. This is the kind of calendar that needs to organize our thinking that we need to live by. Instead of looking forward to some future date that's on a calendar, getting there, and then immediately having some other future date be the one that we're living for. We recognize that we are in a period of nighttime, but that the night is nearly over. The day is almost here, and we're to get ready for it and anticipate it. The year 2020 has been quite a year. I mean, it's, it's incredible how many things have happened this year, and it's hard to remember all of them. And impeachment 
And that seems like ancient history. Hard to believe that that actually happened and, and happened this year. I mean, this year has featured the most dramatic news stories and turns of events. And, and I mean, my goodness, so many things have happened. But the year 2020 hasn't been our problem. The year isn't the problem. When we don't have 2020 to blame anymore, do you know what's going to change? The memes. That's it. Terrible things are going to happen in 2021, too. I guarantee it. And wonderful things. Because God is in control. But if you put your hope on your calendar, if you put your hope on your calendar, you're also putting your let down there. So if you schedule a bright spot in your calendar, then you know that the day after that is going to be a day of letdown and disappointment and reevaluating. And well, what am I living for now? And if you put a day of dread on your calendar, same sort of thing, you're going to get through that day of dread. And if you're wired that way, you're going to start thinking about the next thing that's terrible, that's looming on the horizon for you. And a hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Now, you should still look forward to things. We should all be looking forward to things, certainly. And we should enjoy them when they arrive. But you need to make sure that the real source of your hope is not an event you can put on a calendar, but the arrival of a, of a breaking day that puts you in heaven. And so get a new calendar. Start thinking about it differently. Think about uh, past events of God's faithfulness that help you to experience these challenges in light of the reality of his lordship. And then instead of living for some day that's coming up on the calendar, just say to yourself, the night is nearly over and the day is almost here. And brothers and sisters, I think there might be some reason to hope that we are headed into the end times, that Jesus is going to come back again soon. How many more events can happen before he comes back? How much more progress can we make technologically before it just makes sense for him to return and establish his kingdom? And I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. He said it was going to be a secret from us. But I'm looking forward to it, and I'm hoping that this might be it. And I certainly want for the night to be over. And so I'm going to be setting aside the deeds of darkness, and I'm going to be getting dressed for the morning. And I'm encouraging you to do that with me. And if we're just getting ready for the morning, the time is going to fly by much more purposefully and well. Well, I'm going to turn things over to Jeff now to share our final point this morning. Well, thank you again, Pastor Joel. And we just look at the final point. It's how do we act together? How do we remember, be reminded that we are the family of God, the body of Christ? And I am uh, so grateful for Pastor Joel and his wife, Christine, and their family. It's just uh, awesome that God might use an opportunity like us for our local churches to combine where in the past that probably was not a reality, whether I was nervous that you guys might like Joel better so you would leave Living Hope to join their service and travel down there or whatever the case might be. God's reminding us that we as a body of Christ can still work together for his purpose even if we're alone, we can go after Jesus and pursue righteousness and spur one another on, 
even when we cannot meet face to face or sit shoulder to shoulder. And something interesting is Furnace Brook and A Living Hope is in a precarious situation, very similar, that if or when this pandemic ends, right now at this moment, we don't have a place to meet. The schools aren't going to let us in. Uh, the facility that Furnace Brook was using is not available right now. And so we are just saying, okay, God, we would love a space, but <laughs> let this pandemic go a little bit longer because right now we don't have a space. And what can we do to really pursue Jesus in this time? And it's understanding that God's uniting our hearts for his purpose, his mission, that we would go after him together, but from wherever you are. As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, there's a church that says uh, on Des Moines, Iowa, as it is in heaven. If we could say on Vermont, as it is in heaven, wherever you are, your location, God, let your will be done wherever you are, as it is in heaven. We go to uh, Hebrews 13, uh, beginning in January, we're going to be starting a series uh, at Living Hope Wesley and going through the book of Hebrews, but I just thought this was certainly appropriate. This is from the New Living Translation. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. What now? Well, keep on loving each other, showing them that you are for them, that God is there to help provide for them. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Wouldn't be wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be great when we understand, well, you entertained an angel and you had no idea. Instead of seeking out, who can I entertain that might be able to give me a pat on the back or lift my platform or share my agenda? What if we just entertained strangers with great hospitality? And that was our focus, to do and be what Jesus was and live how he lived. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. What if we began to locate a prison ministry or whatever ministry you've always wanted to be a part of, but your local church did not have available, and you write an email, a text message, a phone call, a handwritten note, and saying, I would like to get involved to share the encouragement of Jesus with those that you serve so we can be co-laborers, even though we are not together physically, we can act together in ministry. Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have, for God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. That's taken from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 31, 6 and 8. This is a promise that God's telling us that we don't have to love money. We don't have to be so concerned with how am I going to do this? We could just say, God is with us. Now, if he gives you a job, probably do your best at that job so you don't want to lose that job because God's opened the doors for you to accomplish it. Verse 6 of Hebrews 13, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? And this, again, is a shout out to Psalm 118 is 6. 
often in the New Testament, we see references to the Old Testament because the Bible was not just written for uh, then, but it applies to now. Verse 7, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So as we acknowledge the darkness, as we turn up the lights, as we switch the calendar, we must remember that we must, we need to, we've been called into a body of fellowship, a family that acts together, though physically distant, understanding that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So this afternoon, we can keep on loving each other. Tomorrow, we can serve strangers with great hospitality. In weeks to come, we continue to be faithful and moral because we know that God is alive in us and he's using that witness through us to bring others to his great hope and his peace, even during a pandemic. And my daughter shared this meme that what if 2021 means that 2021? Well, regardless of the pandemic, we have Jesus. And yes, that might be a bit of cliche and over-spiritualizing as pastors do, but we can know with assurance we have the hope of Jesus, we know his love, and we share with others that they might enter this new year knowing that God is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. Uh, you can also see the live versions of these sermons on the Living Hope Wesleyan Church YouTube channel, as well as any more information that you'd be interested in at hopeforvermont.org. Thank you so much for listening.